Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of These Are The Breaks podcast. I'm the host, DJ Rob Breaks, DJ Hip Hop Head, B-Boy for Life. On this podcast, we talk to dope people on all sides of hip hop. We hear stories, we chop it up, and we just basically have fun. Today, the homie's here. So, I reside near Milwaukee, Wisconsin. This guy was raised in Madison, Wisconsin, not far away. You may know him from one of the greatest rap groups of all time, Run the Jewels. But he's done a lot of stuff in hip-hop, and we're going to dig into all of that today. So, currently residing in St. Louis... It's Trackstar the DJ, y'all. Say what's up to the people, Tracky. Yo, what's happening, man? How you doing, man? Great to be here. Good, oh. man. It's good to talk to you always. Absolutely. Uh, first and foremost, how's the family? Oh, they're great, man. Just just put Amina to bed. And uh, yeah, you know, I've got a, uh, I got a, a customized basketball today from Camille and Amina for my birthday. So that was like the coolest gift ever. It says Amina loves daddy on it. So the family's great. Sweet. Love it. I, I didn't even know you could get customized basketballs. <laughs> that is fantastic. And happy birthday, by the way. I know I wished you a happy birthday the other day, but... Uh, I appreciate happy, it. Yep, happy born day. Um, all right, man. Uh, I got a lot of, of questions, and, and you know, I, I, know a l- I know a little bit about a lot of your background. We've talked before, and, and I know a little bit about it, but... Um, it's a great story and, uh, and it's fantastic. And I know like me and like most people that I have on this podcast, you are a true hip hop head and a true rap fan, like first and foremost, which is fantastic. And, um, I think that's why me and you are kindred spirits. We get along so good, but I would really love to dig in, you know, from the beginning and just walk through your story a little bit. Um, and, uh, cause it's a wild ride. <laughs> and, um, you know, just learn a little bit more about how you got your start, you know, and, uh, and all that has happened, um, in your career thus far, which is still going strong. So, um, I would like to start at the beginning, if you don't mind, uh, you were born and raised in Madison, correct? Yep, absolutely. Okay. So tell me a little bit about childhood in Madison, uh, you know, music that you might've been hearing around the house um and, and kind of what was going on back in those days yeah i mean i had a you know i had a pretty pretty great you know pretty standard great childhood you know uh, played sports and stuff i mean there's definitely music in the house it's kind of like kind of like easy easy listening type uh type material for the most part <laughs> you know i mean the, you know we, we had the beatles and and you know it's just kind of general pop music stuff um and I was really into sports for, for most of my childhood. You know, I mean, I liked music, but I wasn't like super into it until I started kind of getting into hip hop. And then that's kind of when my obsession changed from, from sports to hip hop. Um, and when did that and, happen? When, when did, when, when, like, what's the first sort of, you know, uh, interaction with hip hop? When, when did that happen for you? I mean, you know, my older sister, my older sister was giving me music at times. I mean, I remember her giving me, he's the DJ, I'm the rapper. Nice. Um, I just was rocking that whole uh, album the other day, as a matter of fact. It's an underrated nice. record. Nice. Hell yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's incredible. Yeah. Um, you know, and it, it was just kind of scattered between there and like, basically, uh, basically like Midnight Marauders. Sure. Um, and then, you know, and, and then I, I get, got the Beastie Boys and then Tribe. And then when I heard 
you know, Cypress Hill. And then when I heard Wu Tang, um, you know, I was just, that just broke me and everything was different after that hooked. Yep. Um, and then, yeah, so throughout high school, I was just like pretty obsessed with music. I wasn't DJing or anything. I wasn't really trying to make music in any meaningful way. I was just an obsessive fan. I'd go to the UCD store all the time. I was going to thrift stores and buying records. I was already kind of like learning about samples and crate digging. And I was really into like DJ shadow and stuff like that too. Um, so yeah, I mean, that was kind of, that, that, that was kind of the, the vibe while I was in Madison. And then I, I came to St. Louis for college and I walked into the college radio station and saw the wall of records they had there. And they had like every rap record I could ever want to hear. <laughs> um, and I learned that if I had a radio show, I could go into that building anytime I wanted and listen to and borrow those records and, you know, put them, tape them to cassette and burn them to CD. And, you know, uh, that was a no brainer. So I literally, I literally started DJing just to have access to that library. I, love I wasn't, I mean, I was, you know, I was thinking about DJing and, you know, looked up to DJs, but it wasn't really my plan until I saw that wall of records and that's how I could get to it. For sure. Um, and yeah, so it just started from there. I started uh, doing the radio show at, at KWER 90.3 FM here in St. Louis. From there, I just got into the local St. Louis hip hop scene and, and just met just all these incredible artists that I wanted to be around and wanted to to watch perform and wanted to learn from and and uh you know really my only goal that whole time was to be like accepted in the st louis hip-hop scene like that that was as far as my hip-hop dreams went sure is if i could be you know a participant in the scene that i appreciated so much and be respected just as you know an equal or even almost an equal you know (laughs) would have been would have been more than enough so you know it's 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 crazy how much farther it's gone from that but yeah, I think you've even, I think you've exceeded uh, those expectations. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, even even now, getting appreciation from the DJs I looked up to here when I was coming up still means just as much to me as any you know any other accolade or accomplishment. Um, you know the fact that the fact that I feel like I've done right by St. Louis and and that folks appreciate how much it means to me to be a part of it. Uh, you know honestly means as much as any of the bigger national or international acclaim or what, you know, whatever, whatever has come my way. That's awesome, man. That's fantastic. Yeah. So we're talking, we're in this period of our story, we're talking early two thousands, right? We're like maybe like 2000, yeah, so, 2001, something like that. Yeah. So I started, I started at college radio and so I, I went to college, I started in college in 99. Okay. Um, I don't think I could have a show the first semester. I think it was probably training. So I probably started like right at the beginning of 2000. Okay. Actually having a show. Yep. Um, and then it was more like 2002, 2000, 2001, 2002, 2003 that I was getting out into St. Louis, you know, and then integrating myself into the scene. And then 2003, fall of 2003 is when I started making mixtapes, which is when I really, uh, became a part of the scene and really, you know, started, started making moves. And so you're DJing then at that point, correct? Pretty, I mean, are you playing out at gigs and stuff like yeah, that? Yeah, or I'm, you're I'm just getting out, into not, it? No, yeah, I'm playing, I'm playing out. Um, I think my first off-campus gig was summer 2002. Okay, gotcha. Um, and, you know, it was pretty scattered, but then once I started making all the mixtapes and just really being active and just being everywhere, like that's, 
you could you could debate my skills or my talent or whatever, but at that at that point in time, you couldn't debate that I was as active and trying as hard as <laughs> anyone else who was around. Um, and I, you know, I was just everywhere. If I wasn't DJing, I was at a, a club or a party or an event. You know, either networking or meeting people or watching and learning or you know, um, whatever I whatever I could do, just to be around. I just I just wanted to be around it all all the time. I love it. Gotcha. All right. Um, so what happens next? I mean, uh, I know that there's a, a, a pivotal moment that happens at some point where a phone call is made. Uh, is that what year, I guess, did the, uh, did, did the, the conversation so that, with Mr. Killer Mike happen? So that was, uh, that was Oh seven. Okay. So that's a little bit later. Um, so the, yeah, then so, I got then I got one quick question before we get into that because that's my one of my favorite stories of all time. Mm-hmm. But uh, so Mine sm- too. See, <laughs> <laughs> um, so th- smoking section did smoking section come before Mike or was that something that happened later? Yeah. On? So so I was really so once I started releasing mixtape, I was like, I was very active releasing mixtapes like it would be, you know, 10, 10, dropping 10 would be a slow year. Okay. And I had, I had years where I dropped 20, 25 mixes and I was just constantly churning them out. That's awesome. Um, you know, and from there it went from like selling them around here to trying to get them in, you know, reviewed in magazines and in stores in different cities and everything. And, uh, this, you know, this is what, you know, Oh five, Oh six is when blogs started kind of appearing. Yep. Um, and so I was constantly hitting up blogs and stuff in the smoking section, which was started by this guy, John Gotti was my favorite blog and had the best kind of like vibe and taste to me. Got it. Um, so it's definitely like where I kind of focused, focused my energy a little bit. And, um, Gotti started posting my mixtapes and I started writing for the smoking section. Um, and that was, I think maybe late. Oh, six, mid Oh six. Okay. Um, so then my, my mixtape started kind of being presented by the smoking section. Got it. Um, and then, yeah, so the, uh, in 07, so Killer Mike released, I Pledge Allegiance to the Grind Volume 1 in 2006. I heard it and immediately, because it was posted on the smoking section by either Gotti or David Dennis, I'm pretty sure, I don't remember which. Um, and I heard that's life by, by Mike. And I was just like, okay, no one told me killer Mike was like the best rapper on the planet. You know, <laughs> it was like everything I want out of an MC in one, in one guy. Love it. So I just became obsessed and, uh, I was playing that, that underground record. Like it was the biggest song was on the charts. Like I was playing it at prime time in clubs full of people that were, you know, hearing young Jeezy and TI and, and, whatever else. And then I just throw in this killer Mike song that no one had ever heard, but I was, and I had people coming back to the spot every week. Like, Hey, did you play it yet? Like, did you play the killer Mike shit? Cause they That's didn't even so know awesome. where else to hear it. Cause he was so, you know, kind of clawing his way back into the game after splitting with big boy and, right. you know, just everything that happened in the early part of his career. Right. Um, and yeah, so I was reading an interview that he did. And in the interview, he said, I don't have fans. I have supporters. You can holler at me at myspace.com slash grind time official or four Oh four. I don't remember the number. I wish, I wish I did. <laughs> and it was his old number. I don't know. Yeah. yeah. Might have an old phone somewhere. Sure. Uh, but I, I figured that wasn't going to be an actual killer Mike 
phone number. I figured this is going to be like a, a fan line where I could like leave a know, message. Hey, this is yeah. Killer Mike. Leave a message and we'll yeah. send you exclusive MP3s or, you know, whatever it is. Right. And, and I was cool with that. I was interested to hear that. So yep. I called the number because um, that's the kind of nerd fanboy I am. I was like, <laughs> well, got to hear Killer Mike's voicemail. Right. And uh, he picks up. And I said, I was like, I, I I thought it was him off his voice, but I was like, can't be right. So I was just like, uh, can I speak to Mike? And he was like, this is Mike. And all of a sudden it was just like, okay, I'm on the phone with this dude for what reason? You know? <laughs> right. <laughs> like, right. Why did I call this dude on a Tuesday afternoon? <laughs> I need to have something to say. Right. So I started, uh, you know, I mean, as I, as I was just saying, like mixtapes was my thing. That's what I was known for in the city. That's what I was like working on. So I was just thinking quick and I just said, Hey man, you know, I explained my whole thing with, with how I was playing his music everywhere and all that. And I was just like, Hey, I do mixtapes. Everyone needs to know how dope you are. It's fucked up that people don't know how dope you are. Let's do a best of killer Mike mixtape and have you host it and use it to promote, you know, and like help people understand. Dude, that was pretty good and, for like off the dome, uh, real oh, quick, great. having to think of something to say, just so you know. Greatest freestyle of my life. Dude. <laughs> for sure. Yeah, it's better than locking up um, and, and you know and fumbling words. So good job. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It it definitely could have gone a different way. <laughs> um and yeah, so he and he being the magnanimous motherfucker that he is, you know, to, to this day, he heard he heard the pat you know, he heard he heard what I was saying and right. and he could tell it it was real. Yep. Um, but at the same time, he had no idea who I was, sure. never heard of me. You know, I had, I had a decent profile in St. Louis, but nowhere except St. Louis. Sure. <laughs> Certainly he wasn't hearing about the mixtape master track star from St. Louis down in Atlanta. <laughs> so he's just, he was just going off the conversation. He said, yes. And, you know, we did that with, with the help of, of John Gotti. It was taking a little while, you know, as these things sometimes do. Sure. And Gotti from the smoking section, uh, I asked him for some help getting it done. And the great John Gotti, uh, you know, leaned on the leaned on the scales. And 48 hours later, I had my drops. And uh, so the mixtape came out in August 2009. And um, October of that year, I went down to A3C in Atlanta. Have you ever been down there? I don't, I'm nope. sure we've talked about this. But, yeah, but okay. no, I've never been to ATL yet. Yeah, so then A3C was a really dope. I mean, it's I'm, I'm sure it's still dope. It seems to be a little different now than it was back when I was going a lot. I haven't been in a few years. Okay, but it was a it was a really amazing festival where I made all sorts of cool connections. I met a lot of people there who I'm still great friends with to this day, and you know, mean a lot to my career in life. So it was a really really great. It was like South by Southwest, but just hip hop focused. Sounds amazing. And um, yeah, so I went down there, and Mike was doing a signing at Criminal Records. And uh, I went there just to give him a copy of the CD and get a photo with him and meet him. You know, I wanted to meet my favorite rapper. Yeah. And that was all the that was all the concerns I had. You know, and uh, uh, you know, I give him the CD. We take the picture. I'm geeked, and I'm like, "Hey, man, I'm here all weekend. If you need anything, let me know." And in my head, I'm on some intern shit. You know, do you need me to roll your blunt or throw away your soda can or go pick up a sandwich? Carry, carry, carry crates like Tupac yeah, for you or whatever, you know, whatever, yeah. uh, what, what, whatever it might be. I was, you know, I, I just wanted to be around. Cause yeah. My favorite rapper. I was, I was excited. And, uh, he says, what are you doing tomorrow? And I said, nothing. He said, I'm, I'm opening up for Rakim. Do you want a DJ for me? <laughs> so the very next day, 
Did you have to? You didn't have to think about that, right? (laughs) Oh God, no, 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 no. If I had a prior engagement, I would not have had a prior engagement anymore. Canceled, right? Yeah. Um, So yeah. So the next day we did that, and then there was a couple. I mean, the the full version of the story would probably be sixty minutes in itself. Sure. Sure. If I had all the little twists and turns, but there was a few more like serendipitous things like that, including a similar thing at South by where I just bumped into him and ended up doing the same thing and DJing four shows with him the next day. <laughs> and, uh, at the end of the last show that day, he says to the crowd, he's like, I want y'all to make some noise for my new tour DJ track star. And I'm like, I don't even know what that means, but hell yeah. Right. <laughs> he didn't, he didn't warn me. He didn't tell me he was, I was getting a job. Right. Uh, and like, suddenly you're hired. Yeah, and I was like, I don't even know how often this guy tours. I don't know sure. what this means, but this is the coolest thing that ever happened. And, uh, yeah, so eventually, long story short, at that time I was living in San Diego, and then I moved to L.A., but eventually I moved to Atlanta just to really focus on DJing for him and trying to take advantage of that opportunity. And this is around this time that he dropped Pledge 3, and then he was working on rap music. Um, so I really started touring with him on like pledge three stuff. And then, and then one day we were in this club sound table, not there anymore. It was a great spot in Atlanta. Okay. And I said, so what are you working on next? And he says, I'm doing a, I think I'm gonna do an album with this, this white boy from Brooklyn. And I was like, all right, that already sounds intriguing. You right, know, right. Like, like, you know, you're, you've been on grand hustle and Equemini records and all this, you know? Didn't see White Boy from Brooklyn come, and I'm like, oh, what's his name? And he says LP, and I, like, grabbed him. And I was like, yo, what the hell did you just say to me, dude? <laughs> right. You're doing an album with LP from Company Flow? He's like, yeah. I was like, all right, I don't even know how to process this. Because <laughs> you knew all about Company Flow, right? Yeah, yeah. I was listening to Company Flow in high school. I have distinct memories at my summer job of listening to Company Flow you know, in like 19, must've been 98 or 99. Sure. Um, yeah, I was working at like a local newspaper and I just remember like placing ads or whatever I was doing, listening to fun crusher plus. So yeah, I was like blown away. I mean, even besides that, just knowing the two characters involved and how, you know, I mean, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's what everyone I ever talked to says to me. It's just like, yo, I never would have seen that coming. Right. Um, you know, and it's like, yeah, me neither. No one, no one on earth except Jason DeMarco. Shouts out to Jason DeMarco <laughs> from Adult Swim because right. he put them together. Yep. And it changed the world. hundred <laughs> percent. Yep. I, I, yeah. I've heard Mike tell the story, you know, how they got together yeah. and it's pretty fantastic as well. So, all yeah. right. So he tells you that he tells you that that's what he's working on next. And, uh, and then when did you, uh, you know, realize that all of a sudden, you're part of this next project yeah well so we did you know they did rap music and we toured rap music so we did a tour that summer 2012 that year mike and i did i think i have the timeline right on this maybe it's 2013 i think it's 2012 mike and i did tours with big boy jizza and lp all in the same year which is just like you know, I've I've been saying this since like the beginning, but go back and tell sixteen year old Gabe, you know, yeah, right, <laughs> that that you're going to spend a summer with uh, a member of Outcast, a member of Wu Tang, and the dude from Company Flow. Like, right. what? 
Right. Um, and so we did the tour with L, the the just the Killer Mike LP tour, and that was we had so much fun. L and Mike were like, "Yo, this is great. You know, should we work on some more music?" And L owed a mixtape to a record label that you know was supposed to be like a mixtape. And he's like, do you want to just like do some verses on it? And they started working together on that. And then uh, they just had so much fun. They just turned it into an album. Um, and yeah, it's just, you know, uh, I started getting songs sent to me and I'm just like, this stuff is insane. Sure. Yes, let's do this. Right. And uh, yeah, once once they got it together, the next year we went on tour and... We did it where me and Mike did a 30-minute set, and then L and his band did a 30-minute set, and then Run the Jewels did a 30-minute set with Mike, L, me, and the band. That's awesome. Oh, it was unbelievable. Like, when they told me about the concept, I immediately lost my mind. I was like, that's just the coolest thing ever. I wish I could go to this show. You know? Right, right. <laughs> um, and so every night, me and Mike would do a 30-minute set, and then we'd have to, like, we'd watch L and, you know, sit on the bus or whatever. And then as soon as our sweat dried, we had to get back up there <laughs> and go again. Um, yeah. And it was just, it was just an incredible experience. Um, and then, yeah, for then for the next album, they decided they wanted to go for, you know, EPMD two MCs, one DJ and not do the band thing and just, just do a straight hip hop thing. And, uh, you know, it's funny. I always say this, but L's worked with some of the greatest DJs of all time. Yep. So I kind of felt like, and this is even before on the jewels, this is like for the LP tour, I was kind of like thinking like, oh, L's going to have a DJ who's going to end up DJing for Mike too, just like to save the space on the bus or whatever, you know? Yeah. And you know, what am I, what am I going to say if it's dibs or abilities or, you know, Len or any of these guys that he's, that he's worked with who are just guys that I was listening to before I was even a DJ. Right. And fortunately, fortunately at that time he was rocking with just the band and no DJ. So I just slid right in there and became the, became the, the, and run the jewels. The dude. Yep. Yeah. Gotcha. That's fantastic, man. And I've heard you say this, you told me this before and I've heard you say this, you'd be a fan of run the jewels if you were not in run the jewels. Correct. Oh, no question. Yeah. I mean, you know, I mean, like I said, Mike was my favorite rapper before. Yep before I ever met him and, and I was listening to L in 1998. So, yep. And not to mention, pretty hard to imagine this wouldn't be my favorite shit in the world. Right. Right. And not to mention that it's just, it's unbelievable music. You know what I mean? I mean, yeah. L's yeah. a genius. Mike is incredible. Um, yeah, it's, it's absolutely amazing. All right. Uh, so then, um, I mean, you know, uh, it, like I said, this is like a whirlwind of a story. So first of all, you know, you were DJing for, for Mike with Rakim, which even like in that moment, which at this point now is like way in our review mirror in the story, right? But like even that, like to me is, as a DJ would just blow my mind. You know what I mean? Oh my God, that's Rakim. You know what I mean? And Oh, and I, so always, I mean, I always, I always say, you know, it would have been cool as if I met Killer Mike once. <laughs> like <laughs> like right. you can dial this all the way back and just end yeah. it at criminal records. Yeah. It's still a pretty awesome right. story. <laughs> right. But now, you know, you're touring all over the place. You're doing all these different shows. Um, just speak to a couple of, I mean, obviously Big Boy must have been huge for you to meet him and hang out and spend time with him and, and all that on tour. And, you know, Jizza you mentioned and, and, and all these people. Uh, Talk to just tell me a couple different tidbits of 
you meeting some of your 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 heroes out there i mean dj shadow you know what i mean uh yeah you already I mean, mentioned him um he was a huge influence on you obviously coming up so talk talk just a, a couple maybe like the the higher points of just where you were just starstruck and and i and i'm sure what it seems like now is it's not like it's like you were starstruck but now you can call that dude and talk about sports or something you know what i mean yeah. like <laughs> i mean i mean there's there's still a level of stars goes away when it's someone who you were like a fan of when you were in high school sure. you know yep um you know i mean if it's if it's a new artist that like i'm a huge fan of i can get over the starstruck but it, you know it's like it, it just turns you back into your 16 year old self <laughs> yep uh but yeah i mean shadow's a huge one i mean z trip like you know and, and these are guys i've gotten to become like legitimate like friends with like you know which is just insane sure um you know i mean obviously alan mike uh zach de la roca is you know that's nuts that i know this guy you know right um i was a huge rage fan in high school i went to rage in wu-tang in 1997 in chicago um you know the fact that the fact that i've met almost all of wu-tang now i've got i've got my copy of Wu-Tang Forever from high school is on the wall right now, signed by six, six of them. I'm going to finish it out. I, I got it. I got to get the rest. I love it. Uh, but yeah, I mean, and, and you, and you sorted their mics, uh, on tour, right? Oh, yeah. no, no, no. I just, I just took that picture. They were, oh, they, gotcha. They were there All like right. that. Yeah. Yeah. We did a show with them in September. All right. But yeah. It was awesome. <laughs> I was, I was upset they weren't in the order from the Method Man intro. Oh, yeah. That's what them. it was. That's I wanted right. to sort them, but yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you held back. You know, gotcha. but I mean, I mean, you know, s s simple stuff like I told Camille literally today, uh, Mathematics Mutang commented on my photo or on my video from me and you know i was on colbert with mike on monday and i was just like baby like these sentences don't get any less ridiculous you know like <laughs> wu-tang's dj just commented on my video of me and mike on cbs again right you know like yep. what is happening i love it that's um, fantastic yeah um now uh I, I would be remiss if i didn't mention it uh but uh mr michael just swept it at the grammys which was unbelievable yep. and well deserved uh the album was absolutely brilliant um so speak to a little bit about what it's been like to to see him um because obviously i mean you've been you've been along for the ride on a lot of that journey you know what i mean uh mm -hmm. obviously back to when he was you know still doing some underground stuff and, and getting back into the game um and now look at him. You know what I mean. So uh, tell me. First of all, I don't, I've never met Mike. Um, I, I, I respect uh, respect and love everything that he does. Uh, he it just seems like uh, he's a special person. And um, so I guess talk a little bit about what it's been like to to be uh, riding shotgun on that epic journey. No, he definitely is a special person. Him and L both are like humblingly amazing you know like <laughs> that's awesome uh being around them so much just kind of like you just see the capacity for for people to be great in different ways that you just maybe didn't didn't realize how how impressive people could be in in certain categories um you know and and the whole mic journey started from me saying you're the best your voice needs to be heard we need to make more people hear it so for him to get all this acclaim and, and just to have very gradually too, you know, it's not like it was like a, 
overnight thing, right? One thing happened, or you know, he got lucky, or like a one song hit. You know, it was it's a cumulative uh, set of accomplishments and and creations. Um, and yeah, I mean, it's just it's it's amazing. It's it's been amazing to watch. Um, it's been amazing to watch it happen. Just just the way we could have ever hoped it, it would happen. You know, going back to 2007. That's awesome. Um, all right. Now I got a bunch of random stuff to ask in, in no particular order. Uh, so first of all, this past tour for RTJ was amazing. Okay. Uh, and well, every I've, I'm a, I'm a jewel runner. Okay. And so, uh, for those that have not been to a run the jewels show, uh, are missing out. Um, the energy, uh, it's an experience. That's all I can say. I can't put it into words, but, um, this past tour, for those that don't know, uh, you guys have four albums, and so you would perform these albums, four nights in cities, uh, you know, full album performed uh, one a night, um, which I have never seen before, I don't think. <laughs> nope, I've, I've, I've asked a lot of people if they've ever heard of anyone doing that, and no one has ever been able to come up with one, including like musicologists like z trip and shadow and yeah like guys that guys that know everything you yeah know? Uh, yeah <laughs> and they it's... can't they can't say especially in rap but i mean just period i don't i've not talked to anyone who can name another band that's ever done that in any genre it's absolutely amazing because i mean so much so much has to go into that of just having a memory you know i mean i know that, that they probably know the the lyrics a little bit to a lot of stuff but like those songs that they don't do religiously um you know, oh, we did I'm, a lot of rehearsing. Yeah, <laughs> where did that take place at? Where was the rehearsals going on at? Oh, we did them in a bunch of different places. Okay. Uh, Mike and I did some stuff in Atlanta, just like before we even got with Jamie. Sure. Um, and then we met in New York for a couple weeks, and then we did a week in LA, um, and then in a few of the cities, definitely New York. I'm not sure if anywhere else, but like we, what we, even while we were starting the shows, we were still doing some rehearsals in New York, just kind of dialing in the last few songs that we were having trouble nailing down. Sure. But you know, it was like, I think 56 songs, 53 songs, something like that. That's unbelievable. So it was, it was quite a test that they took on. Yeah. You know, I mean, I only have to memorize like a third of the words, so it was, right. it was a lot easier for me. Especially for some pot smokers, man. It's pretty impressive. That's all I got to say. Oh, yeah. 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 <laughs> I've seen, you know, I've seen Mike forget lyrics on, you know, on songs you guys do all the time or, or whatever. You know what I mean? So, it, it, but. Oh, for sure. I, uh, no, but I, I was in Chicago um, and, uh, and, and it was awesome. I didn't see any flubs or anything like that. You guys were amazing. So. Just a salute to to that because that was really special for the fans, man. Um, you know, as being a rap fan yourself, I think you can understand how special that is to fans to see in its entirety those albums because you're not just no. hearing, hearing the same old songs. You know what I mean? One hundred percent. I mean, my reaction when they said we were doing that was the same as when we opened up for ourselves on that first tour. I was like, oh my god, that's incredible, brilliant. They're, everyone's gonna love it. I wish I could witness it, <laughs> right? Not from my vantage point. Well, if you ever um, need me to DJ for you, bro, you know, and you want to watch the yeah. show, just let me know. Okay. <laughs> well, well, I, I always joke that I've seen like every rap act I could ever want to see live at yeah. this point, almost. Um, and and it's like a trivia question: is like, what is the rap group like rap performance that I've never seen 
of a living artist that I would want to see the most. And it's like a trick question because it's around the jewels. Sure. Right. Because <laughs> I've, I've never been to a run. The, and I hope I never go to a run the jewels show. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Cause that's, that would mean you're like injured or something. I don't yeah, know. yeah. Yeah. Or, or it's not my job anymore. Yeah. Right. No. <laughs> right. Um, all right. Another random question. 80 blocks from Tiffany's. Um, mm-hmm. fantastic, uh, mixtape camp low Pete rock. Uh, tell me about how that all came together and, and your involvement in that and everything. Um, cause it's, it's amazing. So it's an incredible thing for you to bring up right now. So shout out to, uh, Mark Spitz, who is a DJ in the Bay area, uh, Mark DeVita, who, um, managed, co-managed, uh, camp low. And I, ironically, he literally texted me while we've been on this call, nice. which is kind of insane that you're bringing up the mixtape right now. <laughs> um, but uh, my wife and I were in the Bay for Rock the Bells in like 2008 or nine. Okay. Uh, it's an absolutely insane lineup. Someone actually posted that lineup on Twitter the other day, and I couldn't believe how nuts it was. Okay. Um, and we went to some party or club after after the show or on, a, on one of the other nights i don't remember exactly but there was a guy at the door handing out flyers to a camp low show okay and you know me just being gregarious and outgoing i'm like oh i love camp low cool let's just start talking to him and he's like yeah manage him and i was like oh shit and i explained who i was and stuff and we, yeah pretty quickly just like you know we we we, we got along well we we connected working together yeah and uh and then we decided uh he was like yeah we're doing this thing do you want to do this mixtape with me and i was like dude working with camp low and pete rock it's incredible you know this is 2000 it's a good question when when did we start that process um but you know it's definitely like oh 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 nine probably oh eight or nine okay maybe when did it drop did it drop in 2011 or 2010 um that's a good question too let me yeah. look that up because i thought it was 2011 i should know yeah I man should know that yeah you did it remember yeah 2011 all right I, cool i do remember hey I, I march uh, <laughs> so maybe march 2011 okay um yeah so probably like 2009 so and so Gichi and chiba like came to my boy's studio in la uh, and like recorded like the freestyles where we, where I like looped up some of like the interludes off P rock shit. Sure. You know, you know, P rock would always have like the little like 20 second beat fading in and out at the beginning of the song or yep. the end of the song or whatever. Yep. Um, so I used a bunch of those and kind of like looped those up and had Geechee and Sheba rap over them. Um, and then the rest of it was mostly like, they gave me just, they just gave me a bunch of camp low acapellas and I just matched them up with Pete rock beats and just made, you know, just made this kind of blend tape, kind of given a, a taste of what Camp Low and Pete Rock would be together before they dropped the uh, the album. That's so cool. Yeah. Yeah, it's pretty amazing. Uh, all right, another uh, random question, and I, I never knew, knew the answer. Uh, to Well, first of all, for those that don't know, we kind of skipped over high school a little bit, but uh, uh, Gabe was a track star in high school. What did you What did you do yes. again? What was your uh, events? I did distance. Uh, yeah, it's like I did cross country and then I, in track I did uh, half mile, mile, and two mile. Gotcha. So that's where the 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 moniker comes from. But I always yeah. I always wondered this, and I, ne- I always forgot to ask you. How, how come it went track star the DJ and not DJ track star? 
Oh, it's a great story. One of my favorites. Nice. Um, <laughs> well, I'm glad was, we, we got a podcast here, so I think it's the right yeah, spot for it. It was, uh, it was DJ Trackstar. Okay. It was DJ Trackstar for a long time. And then, um, so, you know, like I said, I was super active in the St. Louis hip hop scene and I was, you know, I was at a different hip hop spot every night, just trying to get in, get in and get around. And, and the two, the two spots for people who are into, you know, the quote unquote real hip hop, the two main spots were Blueberry Hill on Friday nights and the high point on Monday nights. Okay. And I was a very big Blueberry Hill guy. And then I got a weekly Friday night gig uh so i couldn't really go to the science anymore because i was djing from 10 to 3 every friday night so i didn't you know i didn't i didn't get a chance to go there anymore so then i mean i was already going to the high point on mondays it was a monday night open mic night um but so that really became my like my weekly church sure was monday nights at the high point and it was just like my favorite place was just some of the dopest djs in the city and the dopest MCs in the city, and it was hosted by my man Finster, who I still do almost every event I do in St. Louis. Okay. Uh, almost every event anyone does in St. Louis, Finster hosts. He's the man. Okay. He's the best. Got it. Uh, and so the Monday night hip hop night was the so the high point was like my shit. And I say I say this a lot, but I mean it. Like when I I found out I was a resident DJ at the high point by being handed a flyer with my name on it. No one talked to me. <laughs> I, I guess they were pretty sure that I was down. <laughs> it's not the first, but that's not the first time that's happened to you. I mean, Mike announced it on stage that you were the tour DJ. That's so true. it just kind of happened, just kind of happens to you. Right. I'm not sure I ever connected those. two. Things. That's funny. <laughs> um, but yes, yeah, so, so John Harrington, who also gave me my first, uh, my first off campus DJ gig, shout out to him. Also oh, sight unseen like Mike. Word. I just told him I was a DJ and he's like, Oh, you want to DJ my show? And I'm like, what the hell dude? I love it. I love it. <laughs> yes. But why? Uh, <laughs> I mean, these guys keep, you know, I mean, yeah, it's nuts. But, uh, yeah. So I was a resident DJ at the high point. Sorry. It's long, long, long way to get back to track star the DJ. It's all good. Uh, but so one of the hosts, um, who I'm cool with to this day, Luke Mon, he, we had a misunderstanding that I didn't even realize was a big deal. Okay. One night. Okay. Um, it, it shouldn't have been a big deal. It was, it was a miscommunication. I didn't, I didn't even know he was mad about it or whatever. And the next week was a, a rare night that I wasn't there. And there was another thing going on in the scene. So he kind of got on the mic and, and made a rant mostly about this other thing that was going on with this other associate of ours. Okay. And then at the end of it, he goes, and another thing, track star, the DJ, if I ever hand you some music and you don't play it, you are not welcome here anymore. You know, so whatever, whatever he was, whatever he was saying, which yeah, know, th- all that got squashed real quick. But yeah. my man Odie would usually record the the board feed of the night, and he had a recording of it. So instead of just hearing, "Yo, this dude was talking about you on stage," I got to hear the recording the next day. Trackstar, the DJ, and you still hear that exact drop on everything i do <laughs> i love it yeah, yeah. oh you, dude you, you, you that's that awesome on every mixtape every radio show that's amazing and literally literally he said that so i started using the drop and then i was like oh that's kind of a cool little like different thing. it is it is i've always yeah. liked it because you know nobody yeah. else did it you know what i mean so it's like a, it's a cool different deal but i i'm oh, i'm so happy i asked that question <laughs> yeah 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 no it's, it's a fun one it's a fun one shout out to luke man i saw him i saw him not long ago uh, we actually did a little like high point reunion photo 
in like November. I need to, uh, I don't think I ever posted that. I need to go and post that. Uh, but yeah, man, High Point, High Point was the shit. I miss, I miss that scene. So many incredible artists and DJs were there. I really miss having those like weekly institutions of, of, of hip hop before the internet kind of splintered everything, made everything like a little micro scene and, you know. Right. Got it. All right. Uh, another question. Um, your brand rap fan, which uh, I absolutely love and, and rock and have stickers on the truck and, and all that stuff. Um, you, you know, I'm street team out here in Milwaukee for sure. But no, I appreciate you. Yeah, man. Uh, but when did that come about? Um, that's one thing I kind of forgot to tie in there. What year did you launch that? That was 2012. Okay. Yeah, 2012. Let me just let me just look it up to make sure. When we did, whenever we did the, the tour with uh, Mr. Motherfucking X Square, I want to say 2012. Got it. Um, yeah. So uh, you know, at the time, at the time, we were still building. We were all still trying to build it up. Yep. No one was making much money. I certainly wasn't making almost any money <laughs> on the road, okay. which was perfectly fine. I did, yeah, man. I did like my first, I don't know how many shows with Mike for free. I didn't even think about asking for money. I didn't care. Yeah. You were living the dream, you know? Right. Yeah. And then for a long time it was very little money and I didn't care. I mean, yeah, I wanted, I wanted more, but it, it certainly wasn't going to make a difference. I certainly wasn't going to say no to any, right. Any opportunities just, you know, I'll figure, I'll figure it out. Yeah. This is what I want to do. So yep. let me, let me, let me make it happen. Yep. Um, you know, and I was fortunate to, I always, I always kept a job, even when I was DJing like five, six nights a week in the clubs, I would figure out a way to have a job during the day and make some money. So I, so I didn't have to rely on music and I could make my decisions based on what I wanted to do or what I thought was best rather than needing to get a bill paid, you know? Yeah. Um, like one of the things when I started with the, with the mixtapes is my first mixtapes, I called them a $1 mixtape and I sold them for a buck. It's awesome. You know, I kind of saw where music was going towards free, right. and especially at especially at that time, it was like, "Look, I'm track star. No one knows me. Why would you buy my mixtape when DJ Needles has mixtapes for sale? Crucial has mixtapes for sale. Charlie Chan has mixtapes for sale. These guys are all legends to me. Sure, you know, and legends to everyone else. And I'm unknown. Why would anyone buy my shit? If I make it a dollar, why would they not buy it? You exactly. know, exactly." <laughs> Exactly. Um, and I didn't make any money, but I blew my name up within like a year, much faster than, than anyone would have done otherwise. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Cause had you gone a different route, you know, it, it made yeah. it different, right? Yeah. And I was just, I was at the, I was at the door of every hip hop spot just as people were leaving, like, Hey man, it's $1 mixtape, you know, come on, it's a tip on a beer. Just give me a dollar, you know? Yep. And I still hear from people all the time who have those mixtapes still have the cds and you know i mean I, I moved thousands and thousands and thousands of them um but anyway so back to back to rap fan yeah on that tour there wasn't a lot of money to be had and i was like all right i gotta supplement this somehow um so i wanted to come up with some merch and i didn't kind of kind of with the same thought in mind i'm like no one really cares who track star is right now you know putting my name or my face on a shirt or something is not really gonna move the needle you know who cares sure um so I just wanted to think of something a little more like universal and, you know, like just my identity as a rap fan just came to mind and it just made so much sense. And it was so simple and I'd never seen anything that just said rap fan. Um, so I printed up a few shirts and started selling them and 
you know, it's been been pretty amazing. I guess now that we're talking about it, I realize it's 12 years I've been doing it and uh, people have been really supportive, especially as Run of the Jewels has blown up and, and Mike and Elle have been super supportive of me doing it too, which is, which is great. I talked to other DJs whose artists that they work for are not as uh, supportive of them developing sure. side hustles and, yeah. and utilizing their fan base. So Look. Mike, Mike and Elle have always, always looked out for me in a ton of different ways and treated me really well. They're, they're really, really great exemplary dudes and awesome dudes to work with and for so yeah it's been it's been a super super blessing to be able to supplement what i do with you know on the stage with with the merch line and and uh you know and it's it's just amazing to see like open up my instagram and see someone djing on ig live and i open it up and they're wearing my shirt or you know yep uh you know i'm just like scrolling my timeline and someone's wearing something that i came up with or whatever um well it's really cool and i'm and i'm really really thankful to everyone who's who supported it over these years for sure well uh it and like you said it fits you like a glove you know what i mean because like i i quickly identified when me and you uh connected that you know that's that's who you are you know is first and foremost a rap fan you know what i mean and first and foremost mm-hmm. a hip-hop fan uh and but also you know my funny story that i i think i told you was uh, y- your brand uh, connected me with hip hop royalty because so I'm on a cruise ship and I'm wearing my rap fan shirt representing at sea. Mm-hmm. Okay, uh, not just Milwaukee Street Team, bro. At dude, at sea. Okay, and so international. Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. You know, on the on the open waters, I'm repping yeah, as well. Neutral territory. <laughs> exactly, uh, and so. Um, I'm, uh, I'm just walking across the, the deck or whatever. And some dude is sitting there smoking a cigarette, I think, or something. And, and he's like, Hey, I'm like, what's up? He's like, where'd you get that shirt? I'm like, Oh yeah, this is, uh, this is my homie. This is uh track star, the DJ from run the jewels. That's his brand. He goes, I know dude. And I'm like, Oh really? He's like, yeah. He's like, I'm Craig G and dude, it like, <laughs> You know what I mean? And you know, I mean, dude, I'm um, Juice Crew, you kidding me? You know what I mean? And yeah, so I just yeah, didn't yeah. recognize him. Like, I, and first of all, I'm not expecting one of the Juice Crew to be on my cruise ship. You know what I mean? It just, it wasn't, no, it, it no, didn't hit not. me. It didn't hit me at all. And he had his sunglasses on and everything. So, and a hat. And so I didn't really recognize him at first. And next thing you know, I'm sitting at this table for like a half hour talking to Craig G, man. And, uh, and Incredible. so, yeah. So you're making connections, bro. Making hip hop connections. I mean, and, 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 and we did, we did meet, we did meet once, but just the idea that Craig G would be like, oh yeah, I know, dude, dude. Yeah. that's just incredible to me, you know, <laughs> like, what, right, you do, yep, yeah, that's You're pretty Craig awesome, G, though. Right? that can't be, <laughs> that can't be, that's ridiculous, oh, I love it, um, all hey, right, Gabe from Wisconsin, what are you talking about, <laughs> <laughs> right, um, the SWAT meet. Uh, I, I would be remiss if I didn't hear a little bit about that. So I, I know about it, but talk a little bit about how that came about and um, and 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 what goes on with that. Yeah. So um, I had the idea really early in the pandemic when we moved to this house in St. Louis. So I'm a hoarder who moves a lot, <laughs> which is just a, one of the stupidest combinations of things a person can be. Right. Um, I mean, my wife and I have moved. I think like. 10 times in the 18 years we've been together um never under duress we just we just 
you know, I, I think my ADD is also like a macro situation in addition to a micro. Sure. Uh, <laughs> just transient dude. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I've just always moved and had to move all this stuff. And then when we moved from California back here, you know, we moved the stuff in and I'm just like, this is ridiculous. I've got so much stuff in this basement and I still have a storage thing in San Diego. Like, what am I doing? You know, we're going to move again. I have to have less stuff by the time we move again. I have to. Sure. Um, but I didn't, you know, this, all this stuff me- means something to me. I, I bought all this stuff cause I like it, you know, or right. I collected it cause I like it. Nah, I don't want to just dump it off somewhere or get rid of it or throw it away or, you know, and I don't want to sell it on eBay in like a bulk, you know, Hey, buy all this stuff and just take it off my hands to some dude who's going to resell it or whatever. You know, I want it. I want it to go to someone who gives a shit about it the way I do. Word. <clears throat> um, so I'm, I'm in my basement thinking about that. And then I had a conversation with my dude, James Biko, um, who I called him needles earlier. That's his old name. But at the time that was his name. He was the mixtape. He was a, another, another mixtape guy that I looked up to in St. Louis. Although I recently learned or relearned that he just started DJing in 1998. So the fact that he's only been DJing one year more than me is really irritating. He was <laughs> so much better than me back then. He's still better than me now, but he was so much better than me back then. It's, obnoxious he got that good that fast um (laughs) and so he's my partner on on shade 45 now so he's been doing the smoking section with me for the last two years on shade 45 on friday nights um but i was at his house and he had a similar problem where he's just like got all these records and posters and tapes and i'm just like dude we all all of us djs of a certain age and ilk have just these massive collections, you know, yeah. if you're a DJ, there's a good chance you're a hoarder. Oh yeah. There's a good chance that you get a lot of free promo stuff that's just piling up and, you know. Yep. Um So I just realized I'm like, man, what if we just all got together and brought our stuff and just did like a hip hop swap meet. Um and it took a couple years before I was able to get it going. I mean, that was, that was, this was like right about when COVID happened. Sure. Um, and so we were trying, you know, kind of working on it slowly. And then once things started opening up, I started uh, started really work tr- making it happen. I think the first one was May 2022. Okay. I think. Um, and it was, it's, it's fucking awesome, man. Like it's, it's uh it's just me and a bunch of people who are pretty much like me trading awesome stuff. You know, I mean, even just as I sit here in my studio, I'm just looking around at all my stuff and I like all my cool rap stuff, you know, so Hell it's, yeah. Hell <laughs> it's yeah. fun to see everyone else's cool rap stuff. And I get jealous I always, all the time, man. I told, I've texted you a couple of times. It always makes me want to move down there, man. All the guys, the yeah, cool stuff that I you mean, guys do. You don't even have to move. Just, just come down here every, every few months for a weekend. Sounds good to me. Uh, man. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I always end up spending more money at everyone else's table buying stuff than I do selling stuff. <laughs> <laughs> I, d- I definitely, ha- I definitely have more stuff now than I had when I started it. It completely did the opposite of what it was supposed to do, but, uh, it's so much fun and such a good time and just such good energy. And it brings people out that, you know, one of my favorite things is there's just a lot of people in the building who are like, haven't seen each other since 08 or, you know, um, and it just kind of be, becomes like one of those institutions, like a centralized place for people of a similar interest to come. 
and yeah it's just it's super fun i've done a few out of town i'm trying to expand it more to do it to do more out of town ones bring it to other cities um it's just tough with the touring schedule and not knowing when a show might pop up so i don't want to set up a swap meet and then have to cancel it because killer mike booked a show so just got to navigate those landmines but i'm definitely trying to expand it my my ultimate goal would be for uh you know red bull or someone to give me like an rv there we go there we go yep (laughs) like a i've never watched antique road show but i imagine that's what that's like yeah yeah, for sure (laughs) something like that but well, keep we'll Milwaukee in mind, man. I can be your conduit. We can uh, we can yeah. hook something up here. So in the future, if you're ever uh, you know interested in that, uh, that'd be fantastic because we got an awesome hip hop scene in Milwaukee here. And and like you're uh, saying, we'll do that. I can imagine. You know, it just it like you said, it's not just about the stuff, everything, which is amazing. But like you know, it's about connecting people and telling mm-hmm. stories and and all that kind of stuff. And I love all that kind of stuff. So it's it's wonderful. Yeah. Yeah, it's really it's really great. And then with the last one I started, which I want to do every time, is is connect a show to it. So in December I did oh, that's awesome. Did the swap meet in the afternoon, and then we had Z Trip and House Shoes here that night. Um, that's awesome. So it was awesome. It was just a full day full of awesome rap stuff and records, and you know, and it was awesome having Z and Shoes at my swap meet. You know, yeah, right? Like buying bu- buying records from like the dudes I came up with. It was like a super. Super surreal. cool, like full circle moment. Yeah, it was very surreal. That's fantastic. Well, uh, what's next, man? Um, what's on the horizon? What are you working on next? Uh, you know, what, what's uh, what, what's the future hold here? Uh, Short term, long term, etc. Well, I've got a. Um, I've been saying for like almost two decades that I'm about to get serious about doing production stuff, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but. But this year it seems like it might actually happen. I've got a I've got an EP. Uh, I'm working out with my dude Damon, who's one of the great MCs from St. Louis that you know inspired me at the beginning. Sweet. Um, and who I've been working with, you know, for you know, 16, 18 years now. Sure. Um, he actually just just to, uh, as an aside, one of the coolest things I've gotten to do going back to DJ Shadow is. I connected him with three St. Louis MCs for a track on his 2018 album, um, Our Pathetic Age, and Damon's one of those guys. So I got Rockwell Knuckles, Tef Poe, and Damon on 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 a urgent, important please read on Shadow's album. That's awesome. Which is definitely one of the coolest things I've ever yeah. been, a, been a part of happening. Um, but so Damon and I have an EP coming out, um, which is exciting. Uh, there's going to be a bunch of shows with Mike this summer you know now that now that the grammy has happened obviously uh interest interest is there oh yeah i can imagine <laughs> um yeah so that so that's going to be picking up and Sweet. uh you know new rap fan stuff more more mixes uh you know every every friday night on shade four or five that continues on uh, oh yeah we didn't talk about that yep you're on a, every friday uh over on shade four or five go check out track star yep Yep. So yeah, I'm very fortunate to just have an awesome radio gig where I can play whatever I want. They don't put any any restraints on me at all. So I just play the most grimy underground shit I feel like playing. Yeah, you do. I love it. Um, I love checking out your uh, your your set list all the time, man. It's it's always fantastic. Thanks, man. It's yeah. uh you know it's it's an honor to get to be one of the guys that picks 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 songs that so many people listen to. You sure. know, I. Uh, it's funny. I sometimes I lose track of like how many people might be listening, and then I'll just hear from somebody like, "Oh, 
Oh yeah, people people are really listening to this thing, huh? Oh yeah, it's awesome. <laughs> that I'm that I'm doing in my room at home every week. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm 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 just ridic- ridiculously lucky to That's get to awesome, do all this man. stuff. Well, you uh, you're one of those awesome people that I love connecting with and talking to because I I truly love people that are that are talented and equally humble. Um, and you're one of those dudes, you know what I mean? So, and please stay that way, you know what I mean? And I know you will, cause it's just who you are. Um, but you know, it's just my favorite kind of people. It's the people that realize, you know what I mean? That they, like you said, there's just certain things that, that happened to them, that, that they were in the right place at the right time and this and that. And, and they appreciate it. You know what I mean? They appreciate mm-hmm. where they are and what they're doing. You know what I mean? And um, it's very refreshing. So, so stay that way, my man. Um, I, I can't thank you enough for taking the time out. I know you're a busy man. I know you're a family man. Um, I know you got stuff to do, but thank you so much for taking the time with me. This is for the fans. This is for hip hop heads. So, um, really course, appreciate man. you. Always doing good it. to talk to you. Hell yeah. No doubt. Awesome. All right, man. Well, uh once again ladies and gentlemen trackstar the dj like he said check him out on on shade 45 every friday night um and uh and just follow him on on all the uh on all the socials he's got all kinds of stuff going on at all times tracky once again thank you very much my man uh i hope nothing but the best and continued success for you and uh and the crew um keep doing what you do i appreciate you man much love all right man take care This has been These Are The Breaks. Peace.